Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pastor Rob's podcast today, y'all. We're so excited that you are tuning in today. We're going to have a great time of fellowship in the Word of God. We have a really good show today. Let's get right down into it. We're still here studying in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2. And I'd like to deal with one more issue here today, if we can. Um, first of all, before we get into that, exciting news about next week's podcast. We're going to be interviewing our evangelist, Shamgar Deathrich, all next week. So you don't want to miss that for sure. There'll be three episodes there that we will we will interview Shamgar. We'll talk about the sermon he preached and some of the exciting things he's doing on the evangelistic field. Uh, incredible young man doing a great work for the Lord, so we're going to be doing that. So we want to make sure you check in to hear that, okay? It'd be awesome. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right, listen, uh, we're going to go ahead and read our uh, text uh, right now. Nehemiah chapter uh, 2, verses 19 through 20. This is what the scripture says. And when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite, and Geshem, the Arabian, heard it. They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? And then in verse 20 it says, Then answered I them. This is Nehemiah speaking. He said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build but ye have no portion, nor, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. So let's review for just a moment over some of the, uh, you know, former podcasts that we've had. Um, we must have unity. We talked about that, how important it was to have unity. And then we must have God with us. God has to be involved in the work or we're going to fail. And then we're going to have tremendous results when all of this takes place, right? This is what's going to happen. Now, however, we simply cannot leave out this big, ugly word that I call opposition. That's the word, all right. It's opposition. We don't like that word. We don't like to be opposed. But do you really think that you're going to do, do a work for God or do anything for God and not have opposition? That's, that's impossible. We're going to have opposition. As a pastor, I have opposition from the day I wake up, get started in the morning. I know that the enemy's on my heels. He wants to defeat me, discourage me, and he wants to try to keep me from building the kingdom of God and helping to build the kingdom of God. When you read the Bible all the way through, you discover many things. But you know what mostly you discover? You, you discover the great men and great women of the Bible that ever wanted to do anything for God, there was always, always opposition in their lives. I mean, it's just, it's just a known fact. They're gonna face, they faced opposition and we're going to face opposition. There's always gonna be opposition because we always have an enemy. Warren Wearsby said this once, opposition is not only an evidence that God is blessing, but it is also an opportunity for us to grow. Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, stated that God had one son without sin, but he never had a son without a trial or opposition. We are entering a new way of life in the church today, aren't we? A culture of renewed focus, 
focus on the Lord Jesus, a focus on the Word of God, a focus on other individuals, and a focus on evangelism. Our focus here for Clovis PCG is to become a Book of Acts church. That will be our new culture. We're creating a new culture at Clovis PCG, and that is we're going to become a Book of Acts church. However, as certain as we renew our focus, we will face the opposition from the enemy. We're, go we're going to do it. Is it. We're going to face him. The Acts Church was constantly facing opposition. That's why I'm telling you that. If we're going to be an Acts-based church right out of the book of Acts in the New Testament, then we're going to face opposition. When fighting the enemy's evil schemes, we must completely don the entire armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's in Ephesians chapter 6. We know that the devil often interferes with our efforts to obey the Lord. I mean, if you want to obey the Lord, and I know that you want to, I know that you as a listener want to obey God, but you have to realize that if you're going to obey God, then the enemy's going to confront you on that. Someone said once, if you've never had a head-on collision with the devil, it is probably because you are going in the same direction as he is. I love that statement. I don't know who said it, but it's amazing. When we embrace God's call in our lives, we will inevitably, inevitably come into contact with the devil. The question is not whether or not we will face opposition, but rather, here's the question. How are we going to respond? when opposition comes our way? Will we remain steadfast and unwavering in our efforts to, con to counter him? Can we resist Satan's schemes? Or will we be crippled and defeated by them? Satan will not allow us to do a great work for God without opposing us and making it difficult for us. You can be certain that you will be attacked. Satan hates us because he hates God. We must remember, however, that Satan is under God's sovereign rule. Nehemiah encountered this, but he responded differently than most of us do. God is going to prosper us. That's what he said. He was extremely positive. He wasn't discouraged, wasn't defeated, wasn't dismayed. He just simply said, God is going to prosper us in this work. While under attack, we should be proclaiming as a church, God is going to prosper us. There was nothing remarkable about Nehemiah when you look at his life and you study about his life. Let me give you a little background about him. He was neither a prophet, nor a pastor, nor a preacher, nor an apostle. Rather, he was a high-ranking official who served as cupbearer to King Artaxerxes of Persia. It was his duty to serve at the royal table every day. Due to the paranoia surrounding plots to poison kings at that particular time in history, the cupbearer performed a taste test on drinks and food to ensure that it was not poisonous. Nehemiah's responsibility as a cupbearer speaks volumes about his honesty, his integrity, his loyalty, and the fact that he could be trusted without measure. Now I'm thinking here for just a moment, if Nehemiah who was no one special, could get the job done in spite of the opposition, opposition that he encountered, 
then why don't you think that we can do that? Because I see it differently. I see that we can stand against our enemy. Absolutely, we can do this. When Igor Sikorsky was 12 years old, let me tell you the story. Igor Sikorsky was 12 years old. His parents told him that competent authorities had already proved that human flight was impossible. He went on to build the very first helicopter. In his American plant, he posted this sign. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Outstanding. This is what the sign read. According to recognized aerotechnical tests, the bumblebee cannot fly because of the shape and weight of his body in relation to the total wingspan area that he has. The sign concluded, the bumblebee does not know this, so he goes ahead and flies anyway. <laughs> I, I love that. The bumblebee doesn't know this, so he goes ahead and flies anyway. Nehemiah didn't know anything about the restrictions, so what did he do? He went ahead and flew anyway. Nehemiah would have loved that sign hanging up on the wall as they were building it. His story shows that whenever you try to accomplish anything significant for Jesus or for the Lord, for God, you will face strong opposition. Satan never bothers with half-hearted people who are content with a ho-hum spiritual existence. But if you get on fire for Jesus, then you had better watch out. The name Satan actually means adversary. He is committed to opposing God, opposing his people, especially when they are excited about exalting God's glory. This is even true on a personal level. As long as you live with one foot in the world, according to the world's values and for the world's goals, the devil will never bother you. You can go to church and even pray and read your Bible he won't mind. But the minute you wake up from your spiritual stupor, shake off the world mindset, and commit yourself to radical obedience to following Jesus Christ, getting on fire with the fire of the Holy Ghost, then you're going to encounter spiritual opposition. This also applies to churches and church leaders. Whenever godly leaders attempt to rally God's people to advance His kingdom, opposition is going to slam hard against them. Satan doesn't mind when churches gather to sing and to hear soothing sermons about how to use the Bible to achieve their personal success. Those churches are no threat to his domain of darkness. But when a pastor preaches the gospel that convicts sinners of their sin in the presence of a holy God and points them to the cross at Calvary where Jesus Christ died for our sins, then that man and that pastor better watch out. When a pastor calls the flock to obedient, holy, godly living in this sin-wicked world, then we better watch out. When a pastor directs the vision of the flock toward the unreached nations of this world who are waiting to hear the gospel, then we had better watch out. Opposition is coming. The enemy is committed to opposing that kind of work. The enemy opposed Nehemiah, and he most certainly will oppose us here at Clovis Pentecostal Church of God. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. Let me tell you how this opposition works. I, I want to tell you that we've been raising money for our church pews. And 
God has miraculously provided for that. But before that happened, the funding just kind of stopped all of a sudden. I was concerned about it. I prayed. I said, God, I don't understand. The money's not coming in for these new pews, and I know that you want us to have them. So I just prayed. I felt God really speak to me, ladies and gentlemen. You know what God said? Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. And your big offering is going to come from outside of the church. And ladies and gentlemen, not three weeks after I prayed, somebody called to meet me and Robbie for dinner. We met with them. God spoke to them to help us with the project at the church. They handed us a check for $20,000. You see, I thought I was being opposed, right? And I really was by the enemy. The finances were coming in. But I'm going to tell you, we can overcome this opposition by having faith in God, knowing that he's going to bring us through. And he brought us through for that miracle, a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting ready to order our new pews. I'm telling you, God is wonderful. He is amazing. And we praise him for touching us. So we're going to face opposition at Clovis PCG. But I'm going to tell you, the God of heaven, he's going to prosper us to do the job. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Um, to really be on fire for God and to understand that when we're doing a great work for God, the enemy's going to fight us. He will even use people and sometimes very good people to discourage us. But let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you asking you to bless this audience of listeners today. Father, make us on fire with the fire of the Holy Ghost. We want to do a great work for you. And we know, God, that no matter how great the work is, you are going to prosper us to get the job done. We don't have to worry about it, Lord. We give you praise. We know you're going to make a way when there is no way. I want to thank you, God, that you're for us. And if you're for us, no one can be against us. I love you, Jesus, and thank you for touching our, our audience today. We love you and value you today, God. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you next time on my podcast. God, podcast. God bless you all. We love and appreciate you. Have a great day.